Did you know, in 1972, the government implemented Title IX, a law that states that any federally funded program is not supposed to discriminate against anyone based on gender. After this, participation by women in sports increased dramatically. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Women in Sports podcast. I'm sports reporter Kai Zerman. Sports reporter Megan Youngblood. And assistant sports editor Ashley Berknitz. And we are your hosts. In this podcast, we will talk about the challenges, successes, and stories of women in sports. In the future episodes, we will have guests to talk about their experiences. So stay tuned for that. Just give me like that. So stay tuned for that. But today we are going to start off with our own stories in sports. But before we do that, we're going to check in with CMU Women's Sports. Field hockey uh, plays their last game on Saturday, the 29th, um, home against Longwood at 11 a.m. And soccer just wrapped up their season on Thursday with a 2-1 loss against Ball State. The women's club hockey team travels to Northern Michigan for the first time this season on Saturday the 29th and hoping to build off their perfect 4-0 start to the season. CMU Volleyball is currently tied for second in the MAC West with a 14-8 record and 7-4 MAC play. They'll continue MAC play when they face off against Akron and Buffalo this weekend. And women's basketball will kick off their season on Monday, November 7th at 7 p.m. at McGurk Arena. Well, without further ado, we'll get into it. Uh, welcome to the first episode. Today we're going to be talking about our experiences, like we said, and we're going to talk about how we started in sports and just kind of the struggles we faced as athletes. So, Megan, do you want to start? Um, I just, Growing up, um, I played, I did basketball and softball was probably the biggest sports I played growing up, and uh, throughout all, both of those sports, the attention that, like, the, the women's teams always got compared to the men was a lot different. You know, it's not a lot of people showed up to our games. Not a lot of people showed up for anything or seemed to even know what was going on. So that was always uh, not fun, realizing that the men's sports are always going to get more attention, even if they're a worse team than you. And especially in high school when our softball team was, like, three-time our league champions and our baseball team could barely win a game. And more people would show up to baseball games than softball games, but no one would show up to our games, and there'd be, like, a full crowd at the baseball games, even though the fields are right next to each other. They'd be watching baseball. I kind of had, like, the complete opposite experience of Megan. Uh, I mean, I grew up playing softball, and I took a year of basketball. We're not going to talk about that because um, you already know. Uh, but when I got into high school, my the varsity head softball coach, she was, might have been the scariest woman I've ever met, but she <laughs> changed my life. Uh, she was she ran a very tight, very strict softball program. Even if you weren't on the varsity team, like, it was very strict still. Like, as a freshman, uh, we started in October with workouts. Like, three times a week, conditioning workouts after school for two hours. And then we would do one day of open gym a week and we did that from gosh October to February when we had tryouts and you had to be at every preseason workout every conditioning every open gym you had to be there and she yeah the workouts are very hard not gonna lie it was really bad uh but with her having that strict program it made us even like better athletes and better players I remember <laughs> I think when I was, like, a sophomore or a freshman, our team, our varsity team won regionals, and they made it pretty far in sectionals. 
So I think that kind of, like, gained the respect of everybody, um, like, in school. And so from my freshman year to my senior year, it was always workouts start in the fall and go all the way until February. And then during season, we'd still have conditioning. Every practice, we'd condition for an hour. So she very she ran a very tight program. And Megan, you talked about how, like, no one went to your games, but it was the complete opposite for me. Like, we had the attention because our – no offense, but our baseball team sucked. So – and people <laughs> knew it, and our softball team was pretty good. So we definitely got the attention. But, I mean, not as much as, like, all the other sports. I also had a similar experience. I played softball. And going back to how the men get more attention or get more, like, were workouts. We'd had 6 a.m. workouts for our softball team. At the time, I was a junior. We were back-to-back conference champions, district champions the year before. We were, you know, in the top teams the, top teams in the state of Michigan. And... They let an eighth grade football team lift and have more space in the in the weight room than us. You're joking. I'm not kidding. Wow. Eighth grade eighth football. Grade they wouldn't football. Even, they wouldn't let us and my coach like literally was like that's really, you know, effed up. Like you are you serious? Like how can you not give us yeah. the space that we need and we'd be in this small corner varsity softball team as a senior and or I was a junior, and we were going in looking to be three-time conference champions. And we did. We went to state tournament that year. Our softball team was, like, right. one of the most successful teams that Lowell, I went to Lowell High School that Lowell softball has ever had. So that was so surprising to me, and I think that was the first time I really realized how women in sports are treated and the discrimination that they face off against because I literally, we literally got put, ab- or put below an eighth-grade football team. Yeah, like you got below a middle school team that. Yeah, like, it's still it's a sport and it obviously it's hilarious, but like it's middle school and like do they really need that much lift time for in middle school? Right. That's yeah, crazy it was, too. It's insane, but yes, yeah, so that was one of my biggest, I think, struggles was seeing that happen. But I think people started. I think we had to work for people to notice us. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. in baseball, our baseball team, like like yours, they didn't do well ever, and people would just go to their games. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, like I said, three-time conference champs, two-time district champs, one-time states, and so, or we made it to state tournament, and that was the first time when we made it to state tournaments when people started actually looking at us and, like, rooting for us, and mm-hmm. that was so weird to me. I was like, <laughs> you refer a team that, like, lo- that has a losing record every- yeah. all year long, and you don't even look at us? Like, mm-hmm. we really had to work for it. Definitely. Kind of going off of that, um... People only started, like, people would show up to our games towards the end of the season when baseball wasn't playing anymore because they were knocked out of whatever they were doing <laughs> the game. Yeah. So they'd show up to our games. And, like, I think the biggest crowd ever at one of my games was my senior year, very last game. It was uh, the first round of districts. And it was at uh, – I went to Clawson High School, and it was at Lanthier. And so it's, like, very close to us. So, and that was probably the biggest crowd of, like, people from Clawson I've ever seen. But it was because there was no other sports playing that day. Baseball was done. And, like, there was nothing else to go to. And, like, a lot of people even said, like, oh, like, I had nothing else to do today, so I might as well came here. And it was, like, that is not a great feeling. Like, you're not just going to come here just to root on your fellow athletes and, like, your friends and, like, people that you go to school with. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I mean, I didn't uh, play basketball in high school, but 
I always noticed I was very active like with my school student section and stuff like all the boys basketball games all the girls basketball games I was I was there in the student section because like I knew how that support meant to me when I played and I wanted to give that to my friends that were playing and I think this was kind of like the first like moment I realized like what the heck like why are we not as females getting attention with the sports the same sports we're playing as the guys what I was it was our our girls basketball senior night there were four people there like four other students there in the student section for our girls senior night and we like the majority of the team were seniors so it was just kind of like what the heck and like then you go to our basketball game, the student section's filled, and our basketball team, our men's basketball team was just as bad as the female basketball team, but <laughs> it was still kind of just like, these are, these are our friends, like, we've known them our whole, you know, almost our whole life, and they're senior night, and they're not getting any support, and it's definitely because of, like, you know, we hate to say it, but, because people don't care. Right. I was there. I showed out posters for all of them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> such a such a good such a good friend and I a did. good supporter. I know. They're so lucky. I think it's really important, kind of going with Esha, that like we do kind of like stick together as being women involved in sports because like we're not gonna get it until someone sees like oh all these other people are putting the effort. I guess you know like Kaya said earlier, we kind of have to earn that. Yeah. respect in mm-hmm. a way and we're not going to earn it until someone puts in the effort like you can't just keep talking about it and say like oh no one showed up no one showed up but like I showed up and so like, I'm putting in that first effort and people are going to see that right yeah. yeah and I think schools need to do a better job promoting women's sports I think oh, that's a big thing too like I feel like we were never promoted unless mm-hmm. we won unless yeah. we yep. made it to the state mm-hmm. tournament like no one talked about us like even when we were getting it throughout the season doing really well like I just felt like no one was really talking about it yeah but they post when baseball lost <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know I was, thought that was a little weird so while we were athletes we are also fans of sports as well and I think being a fan a women's sports fan is very different experience than being a man who is a sports fan do you guys have any experiences while being fans that you um yeah definitely so I'm a very big hockey fan um I have pretty much been my whole life um I grew up watching my brothers and cousins play hockey and so obviously and then that grew into watching the NHL and the very first thing I always hear if I'm talking to men never a woman always just men that I'm a hockey fan they're like oh I bet you're only fan because you think someone someone is cute and lately it's been like oh you're a Jack Hughes fan who Jack Hughes was the number one pick in the 2019 draft but and so everyone's like oh you're only a fan because Jack Hughes and blah blah I'm like no I've been a fan since I was like 11 so but and the biggest thing is that they're always like oh can you name five players like why do I have to prove that I'm a fan by naming five players and sometimes it's the most random facts who's like oh who won the Stanley Cup in 1962 when and you weren't even born I wasn't even born and like I don't know it off the top of my head and I'm like do you know the answer off the top of your head like no, and so, like, it just always feels like you have to prove that you're a fan, and I don't even know if I'm going to be allowed to say this, but every woman who is a fan of hockey at some point in their life gets called a puck bunny, which is a very mean term because it just assumes you're in the sport for the guys, and that's that's not why I watch sport. I watch sport yes. because it's 
one of the in my opinion one of the best sports to watch it's the most entertaining and like i've grown up watching it so i understand the rules i understand all the plays and i know probably more than some men do that still watch it to this day i'm a huge football fan grew up with it and wow i one time was watching football with like just some guys that i didn't know we were at just a restaurant whatever and they felt the need to explain to me rules of football or be like yeah he's good like of course i know he like i know football i'm right. not right. stupid like mm-hmm. and when i say something like they act surprised yeah. as yeah. if I, I how i knew that and it's not just explaining it's like mansplaining it yeah. and it's like it's dumbed down like the way that they would explain it to their friend that's also a man they'd like explain it like normal but to a woman it's like dumbed down so mm-hmm. like we understand and i'm putting air quotes around we understand but, like yeah. we already know like it, that's i think the funny thing is, I think we know more than them sometimes. I mean, we are all sports reporters, so we definitely are paying attention to what's right. going on in sports. Yeah. We all love sports. So it's funny to me when someone thinks they have to explain to mm-hmm. me right. what is going on in a football game. It's like, I know. Yeah. I've watched it since I was literally zero. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> it I almost seems like we have to know more in order oh, yeah. to prove that we know at least yeah. mm-hmm. something like there's some things that i know that probably no guy has ever really considered and i've even talked about this with my brother and my brother has told me multiple times that you probably know more about hockey than some of my friends and honestly even more than i know and it'll be like random little facts about a team about a player and it's because i feel sometimes i have to know that fact because not that i want to prove myself but i don't want to be like like i want to prove some people wrong and be like yeah, i do know this just so you know and it's not and like that's stupid in a way that we have to know more than they do just to prove that we're a fan and they'll still think we're just half a fan that they are like they're the world's number one fan and we're like oh you're just a fan yeah i feel like i've had experiences where like i'll wear a jersey or something and uh a lot of i hate to say it, but like all the guys they're just they're like oh you just like like the team because it's in our area or you know they don't think about like she can actually be a fan like she actually watches the games like when the cubs won the world series in 2016 uh and like the next day like i'm from illinois so uh that was a really big moment and yeah so i was gonna cry <laughs> whatever um <laughs> so like the next day at like school like everybody was wearing all the cubs stuff and they're like i don't know guys just come up to you and be like oh you're probably you're just a fan because they just won like you don't even like the sport and i'm like played softball my whole life I've watched baseball my whole life like I could tell you so much about it and you're, you're gonna be so shocked right. and like it was yeah I think they just I think guys also feel like we bandwagon so we look we look like we watch sports we t- can talk sports but when you actually do it guys are like whoa like they're like I don't believe it I was literally as you were talking actually especially when you said um the, the next day after the Cubs won the World Series that like a bunch of people were wearing cub stuff and i i thought the term bandwagon because a lot of people do that a lot of people do that yeah. they'll like realize that you know the cubs finally won you know we're gonna i'm i'm a cubs fan now that they won but like every guy thinks like every woman is a bandwagon yeah or, and it doesn't have to be for a successful team they think they could be a bandwagon because their star player could be a very attractive person that, yeah and i think that's the biggest thing is like oh you're only a fan of them because how attractive he is and like just because my favorite player might be one of the most attractive guys in whatever league doesn't mean I like him because just because he's cute. That's like that's the biggest thing is I hate. It's like oh you don't like him because he's cute, right? And it's like no, like do you like you like think women are cute? Do you watch women's sports because they're cute? Like 
when we talk about that, it's a whole different thing. Right. I see this a lot on TikTok and Instagram and about Joe Burrow, how he's mm-hmm. like the sensation lately with all the females. And uh, if I was a fan of the Bengals and I had guys telling me, oh, you just like the Bengals because Joe Burrow's on it, that would piss me off. That would make me furious. Luckily, I don't have that issue because, you know, the Packers, but, you know, whatever. But <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just looks like oh. a penguin, so <laughs> with his new haircut. And he's down on the grass, pouting, whatever. But if I was a Bengals fan, I would be furiated. And that only comes because we are females. Like, you don't hear about that, like, talking, like, to guys. Like, yeah, whatever. Guys are like, oh, he's cool. You're just a fan because he, you think he's cool. That No, that's not a thing. No, it's only a thing when women um, – bring it up like oh and especially if it's a team that's like outside if it's outside the area that you're from so like um mm-hmm. i'm from michigan so like the um, from hockey obviously the red wings are my favorite team because it's my local team but i'm also a huge fan of the pittsburgh penguins and a big reason i'm a fan of them is because of Sidney crosby and a lot of people will say Sidney crosby is a very attractive man and i mean i'll agree but a lot of people think oh you're only a fan of him because He's attractive. Like, no, I'm a fan of him just because I like the way the style that he plays. And especially being from Detroit, you get discriminated against if you're a Penguins fan because of, like, the whole beef that they have. Mm-hmm. But, like, and people are like, oh, you're only a fan because he's kidding. Like, that pisses me off because then it's like, I remember the first time I told someone that I was a Penguins fan. And they are like, oh, because of Sidney Crosby? And I was like, yeah. And then I didn't even think it because he was cute. It's because I watched him play and I was just mesmerized by the way he played. And someone was like, oh, you're only a fan of him because he's cute. And I was like, no. And they're like, you don't even know anything about him. And kid you not like that next day i learned every possible fact about Sidney crosby at the time and i still do it now like anytime i hear something about Sidney crosby like oh i need to remember that because like i feel like i have to prove that i don't just know him just because he's cute i don't know the surface of him i know his pre-game rituals i know everything he does before game i know everything he does after game because i have feel like i have to prove that i like like him more than just like surface level like know the basic stuff about him like it's beyond Mm -hmm. stats too it's not even like I know his stats, and, like, at one point I can name a stat from, like, his 2010 season. That means nothing, really. Like, I mean, it's like, I'm sure it was a great stat or whatever, but, like, I don't really need to know that off the top of my head. But, like, it's knowing so much more about a player, about a team, to prove that you're not just – and at least in my shoes, you're not just a puck Like we said, we are fans, but we are also part of the CM Life Sports Desk. And I'm proud to say that it is mostly women on this desk. Yes. Ooh, ooh. Us three and potentially another one. Right, potentially, maybe another. So yeah. we have three total right now. Mm-hmm. Three guys we're too. Growing. So we're definitely dominating mm-hmm. sports desks. So that's fun. But we do face ch- challenges as sports reporters, being women. So Ashley, what is something that you face? Mm, yeah. So, uh, I this kind of like goes alongside with you know um, the whole fan, whatever guy's not I don't know I guess believing us this past summer I had an internship and there were definitely some people at the internship I I was interning for a baseball team a collegiate baseball team in Wisconsin and there were definitely some guys that I worked with at this internship that didn't give me the respect because I was a female we had issues that it was preventing me from doing my job because he didn't want to do his job because I was a female. He would, he had to send me some some things to be posted and he wouldn't send them to me because I was a female. Because I was 
in the same field as him. He was like, well, you don't need this. Like, I'll just send it to the guys, your coworkers. I was like, that's not how this works. And then it got to a point where the guys that I I was working with on the daily basis, they, I'm a very passionate person. So, especially about the game of baseball, like, I love baseball. And we were talking about um, the game one one day, and one of my coworkers said, you're just too emotional when it comes to baseball. You're just too emotional. No words anyone wants to hear about anything. And, like, yeah, you always hear about, like, the women, oh, my God, they're emotional. They get mad when you call them emotional. But when it comes to my job and you tell me I have too much emotion, it's called passion. I have passion for what I'm doing. And for you to say I have too much, it sent me, oh, my gosh, I had to walk out of the press box. I was so furious. And it was just horrible. We just don't get the respect as reporters because, like, I'm doing my job and I'm not bothering you, so I don't know why you're, you know, not giving me the respect. I give you respect, so show it back. Yeah. Literally, we're just doing our job. Like, this yeah. is our job. Yeah, it's our, yeah, it's our job. And, and it's... why are we being discredited? Because we're women. Right. Like, I feel like we, us three, do a really good job at our job, <laughs> you know? We do. Like, we, oh, we're great. We're, we do great. So, yeah. like, yes. why are we being put down in different environments by people? So, it's definitely weird mm-hmm. i mean clearly ashley i mean ashley did have a lot of passion for it i mean she was intern of the year over there i was yeah, there so you go. Yeah. clearly she was doing something yeah. right so it's not like oh and they were not happy about that they were real mad i feel like if you don't have passion then why are you here yeah and if that's emotional i don't like i'm not I, crying because we lost yeah that's it's not like, no like, it's not what's happening you need passion in order to be a, a reporter because you need Especially if you are covering a team that's losing, you still need to have that passion because there's, when your team's losing, there's not much, like, it's not a lot of excitement, but you still need to be excited for your team and for whatever you're you're reporting on, and it's, like... Right, it's passion for what you're doing in the sport you're covering, not the people on the team. No. Because that's a whole different thing. It's for what I'm doing in the sport that we are covering because we love that sport. Right. Yeah. Just like how athletes have a passion for the game they play we have a passion for the articles the games and the teams we cover it's i don't want to say it's the same because like athletes put in hours and hours of work but like they have a passion and no one ever discriminates against their passion right they're Mm -hmm. never oh you're too emotional you're too emotional in your sport like that's not a thing megan i know you have the story about the (laughs) oh i got a good one so i cover here at central the i start i the men's division three club hockey team and um this happened last year and it was about like halfway through the season I want to say so not even like beginning of the season or anything but halfway through the season I'm like outside of the rink like it's between the period I'm like taking you know going over my notes make sure I got everything and um one of the broadcasters who was a man um I overheard him talking about he was like freezing, so I offered him um, some hand warmers because it's cold in Martin Ice Arena. Very know, cold. The coldest rink I've ever been in. But, <laughs> anyways, and I gave them to him, and then we kind of like sparked a conversation. And I had like seen him obviously at every game, but like never really talked to him. And he asked me, "Oh my god, I'm literally like I'm like shaking thinking <laughs> about this." He asked me, he goes, "Oh, like what are you here for?" And like I was about to say like reporting, but he was like, who, like he said, um, "Whose girlfriend are you?" 
And I like, she said, nobody. I went, huh. Um, I was like, um, nobody. And he kind of like looked at me. He was like, oh, like, who are you here for then? Like, which guy are you here for? And I was like, um, I'm a reporter for CM Life. I like write their stories. And he goes, oh, sh- oh, shoot. <laughs> you're, you're the ones whose articles that we post online. So he knew that my yeah. articles were getting posted and my name was on there. And my name is Megan, which is like a very, it's a female name. It's yeah. not like my name's a unisex name where like you maybe can't tell. But mm-hmm. like he knew that I was, that there was a female posting about and reporting about the men's team. And you see me sitting there with a laptop. So like your head should go to like that. It's maybe that's them. But like, no, he automatically went to like, oh, what guy are you here for? no like it was it made me like and it, i didn't even like register it at first but then like afterwards i got home and it just like pissed me off and there was a photographer there for the men's team last year that was like that kind of like i don't want to say like validated who i was but he was like dude come on up. she's the writer for hockey like you haven't seen her here all season so like he like that and then like it helped out but also like it i didn't need the that like i don't know it just felt weird that he kind of validated it after and i was like it would just piss me that whole night it like pissed me off that's insane i've never had something like that that's like why i know i can't even i've covered mostly women's teams so it's like i don't really have like i've only covered a couple men's teams so just people thinking that you don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. having to prove yourself with your articles rather than Mm -hmm. just like right being a reporter and like just going to the game Mm -hmm. like you have to prove that you know what you're talking Mm -hmm. about which is fairly annoying because mm-hmm. I do know what I'm talking about. Right, exactly. yeah. It's like we do. <laughs> I think one of the best feelings, I witnessed this a lot this past summer, um, <laughs> when we interviewed players and coaches at the end of the game uh, this past summer, the, yeah, the guys on the team, they we spent almost every single day together, uh, and they would, like, see me around, never really talk to them that much. But when I would go up to them and, like, ask them, can I interview you, and they – Guys around them would just lose their minds. They'd be like, oh, my God, like, you're going to get interviewed. And then after, like, the interview, they, like, walk past them. And I saw some of the looks on their face, like, she just did that. Like, she just, she knows what she's doing. Like, she knows what she's talking about. And I had a guy, his name is Jackson, uh, that I interviewed. He was, like, one of the nicest people I've got to interview this past summer. And he was so, like, interested and engaged in this interview that we were having. And he was just... He was very, like, happy to have me interview him, and he was very impressed, like you could tell. And one of the best interviews I had this summer, and just having that experience after all the stuff that, like, we've gone through, like, with people doubting us, having those experiences, it just it feels amazing. When Especially, I feel like, when guy athletes, like, take you seriously. Like, mm-hmm. when I did men's basketball, like, they took it seriously. Like, they knew what I was doing, like – so to have that after like those experiences like people doubting us it's kind of like the best feeling so yeah i definitely agree with that and um going off that it is it's almost like you have to prove yourself in your interviews and guys always like kind of lose their minds when like a when yeah they're like, like what the heck yeah like a well, like a woman's gonna be like oh my god that's crazy but i will never forget um, one of my very first interviews with the men's D3 hockey coach, uh, t- coach Tyler Cataline. Um, my very first interview, the look on his face when I like 
described a play in hockey terms and like asked a question about it like it wasn't shock it was more so like kind of like damn like she knew that Mm -hmm. and he's even said to me like you really know your stuff and like that and it wasn't in a way it was like damn it like that was like putting me down like like he was shocked but it was almost like good for you you know your stuff and like every single time when we have an interview he's always like I can tell when I'm interviewing him like the looks on his face when I like say something that like you can you can see that I understand what happened but like I'm just asking a question about like I know the knowledge and the background of it he's always like and it makes me feel good that he was like shit that's a good question and like there's those moments that make you feel good and then there's those moments where it's like you have to prove yourself but like those moments definitely help and they're small sometimes very small but and it sucks that those small moments sometimes mean so much but they're also important because it starts with the small moments and then eventually there's gonna be those big moments where something huge happens and then a lot more people realize that like would you guys kind of feel like kind of feel like those like the people like the guys that doubt you and stuff like kind of your motivation oh 100 percent. one definitely 100 percent. definitely I, I have, want people to doubt me. Mm-hmm. Doubt me, because then mm-hmm. I'm going to show you that I actually know Love what I'm talking about. Love to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, right. I don't care what you say. So. Like, I've, I've been dissed in a lot of interviews, um, asked in an interview, and they're not that excited to, like, talk to me. And I don't know if it's just because it might not be because of I'm a woman. It might just be, like, they don't want to talk. But, like, that game. further proves that, like, I'm going to prove you wrong, and, like, I'm going to get you to talk to me. I'm going to ask you questions that I know you can't just answer one word with. And if you do, then, like, I'm gonna try to get more and more out of you. Like it's just, yeah, definitely. It's like, like one of the best to... feelings when you know they don't want to talk, but you get it. You end up getting a great interview out of it. And that will conclude the first episode of the Women in Sports podcast. Woo! Anyway, I hope you guys all enjoyed, and we'll be um, back. Hopefully, weekly is the plan. Maybe. Yeah. And hopefully, we'll have a guest next week, and we'll continue to share women's stories today was ours but we want to continue to put women in sports out there so thanks for listening